Let's start the hour with an insider look at Ireland, where even the sports are steeped in its dramatic struggle for independence. We're joined now by Pascal Fitzpatrick from County Monaghan and our old friend Stephen McPhillamy, who divides his time between Dingle in the west and Derry in the north. Since Ireland is gearing up for their big All-Ireland Gaelic Football Championship in Dublin, let's learn why the Irish are passionate about sports that most outsiders have never even heard of. Stephen and Pascal, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Rick. Cheers, Rick. So, Gaelic sports. Stephen, what does that mean exactly, Gaelic sports? Well, Ireland is unique in Europe that we have our indigenous sports that are the biggest sports in the country. And tourists and travellers come from all over the world to come to Ireland and they see hurling being played and Gaelic football being played and nearly everyone in the masks, the locals, what on God's earth is that? Because they've <laughs> yes. never seen it before. Because we'd kind of expect to go to a stadium and see soccer or what Europeans would call football. Yeah, if I got a, a dollar for every time an American traveller says to me, is Gaelic football, that's rugby, isn't it? Right. Is that what you call soccer? I'm like, no, it's not. It's Gaelic football. <laughs> so there's rugby, and there's soccer, and then there's, there's Gaelic, Gaelic football. football. So, Pascal, how's Gaelic football different than rugby or soccer? It's like a hybrid of the both. It's a round ball like soccer, mm-hmm. but you can use your hands. There's no padding whatsoever or no, no protection. Padding. No padding. And is that no. part of the rules? You can't be protected? No, no, no. And it's a hard physical game, like rugby. So you can catch the ball, the round ball, with your hands. You can take four steps and then you either have, you have to solo the ball, which is dropping the ball onto your foot and kicking it back to yourself. So that you can take four steps running with it, but then you have to bounce it off your foot to run four more steps. That's correct. Or and throw it to a teammate. That's correct, yeah. You can bounce it once as well. You, well, you can't throw it. No, you're not allowed to it, throw the ball. You a have fist. to strike it with your fist. Yeah, yeah. The ball must be struck. Okay. And the idea then, like soccer, would be to get it to the goalpost. It looks a bit like rugby goalposts. There's a net in the back, however, and there's a goalkeeper as well. So you can score a goal, which gives you three points, or you can put it over the bar, which gives you one point. So that would be Gaelic football. And then uh, hurling, how, do, how is that different, Pascal? Hurling is sort of the same rules, only you have a stick. You have a hurl that's made out of Irish ash, so it's called Clash of the Ash. It's the fastest field sport in the world, so it is. And only in 2010 did they bring in a rule that wearing a helmet was compulsory. Are these rough games just widely played by young Irish men? Is this, is this sort of the national pastime? Yeah. Gaelic football is played all over the island, pretty much, and hurling is played in areas that are traditionally flat or also areas that were traditionally conquered by the Normans. Hmm. So you find counties like Kilkenny, Tipperary, Cork, Galway, strongholds of hurling, mm-hmm. and then the more mountainous areas are more the, the Gaelic football strongholds like Kerry and Donegal. So Gaelic sports, is that limited just to hurling and Gaelic football then? Gaelic sports are run by a group called the Gaelic Athletic Association, the GAA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it claims to be the largest amateur sporting body in the world. And it has um, about a million members and it runs Gaelic football. It organises hurling, it organises rounders, and it organises handball. Not Olympic handball with two teams, but, you know, two players in a court. Now, I understand the GAA, the the Gaelic Athletic Association, is also sort of contributing to just the the preservation of the traditional Irish ways as well. That's right. The Gaelic Athletic Association was formed in 1884 uh, to promote Irish culture, promote Irish language and dancing and Irish sports. There is a nationalist undertone to it, 
at the start a very strong one and it was to give young Irish men an alternative to English culture and English sport. So this is when things are revving up for Irish independence and if you were a good Irish boy you didn't want to just play English sports, you wanted something that was distinctly Irish. Well actually in 1884 if you were a good young Irish boy you did want to play English sports because there was a British army garrison in town playing cricket and rugby and soccer so you didn't have anything else to play because there was no Gaelic football. It was created by Irish nationalists to give young Irishmen an alternative to the English games. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Stephen McPhillamy and Pascal Fitzpatrick about Gaelic sports. And, and Pascal, in Dublin, there's a, a fascinating opportunity to actually go to, like, a, a museum for Gaelic sports. Yes, Crow Park, our, our big national stadium, where the All-Ireland's held on the third Sunday in September. It's like your Super Bowl. There's a fantastic museum and tour you can take of Crow Park. It's very, very worthwhile doing. Isn't there a Gaelic, uh, a GAA uh, museum there or exhibit? There is, yes. Yeah, you can I go remember, in, even had yeah. a chance to hit the hur- hurling. That's right, you get a chance to hit the hurl and kick the football and try and score a the goal. Hurl? Yeah. Is that what the hurl, is that what you're hurl, yeah. The hurl, the hurl. okay, because yeah. I was going to say hit the hurling ball, but it's yeah, actually well, the hurl. Yeah, well, the hurling ball is called the slitter, but you, you hurl, you know, you hurl the hurl. <laughs> you hurl the slitter. Yeah, that's it. Are these sports mostly amateur or professional? Totally amateur. Everything's amateur. But they train like professionals. I've been in the stadium when people are going, ah, Kilkenny, and oh, there's yes. so much spirit. Are, are these players from that town or yeah, do they, they yeah. swap them around? That's the key point. You see, you ha- you play for the team where you're from. I'm from Donegal. Pascal's from Monaghan. There's nobody from Monaghan will ever come and play for Donegal or hmm. vice versa. You only play for your county, and that's where the passion comes from. See, we've lost that in our sports because players are just on the free market and different teams buy and sell them. Uh, But in in your Gaelic sports, it really is Galloway and Dublin and so on. Do these players have an opportunity to get famous outside of the amateur sport arena? Occasionally, a few of them will become celebrities, but for the most part, no. It's they not don't corrupted really. by money, then. They don't wear a, a headband that will advertise Guinness beer or something no, like that. No, they do have a sponsor on their shirt, and that's that was brought in probably 10 or 15 years ago, and many of the traditionalists in the Gaelic Athletic Association didn't like that. Now, when I was in Glasgow, there's two teams uh, in soccer. One of them is for the poor Irish immigrant Catholic community, and the other one is the higher-class Protestant team. And these, they were rivals. Celtic and Rangers. Yeah, and that's a big deal. In Ireland, uh, do you have any of that sort of class or, or tribal uh, loyalty, or is it always town against town? Gaelic football is always, at the top level, is always county against county. And the religious and the political thing doesn't come into it because in Ireland, the Protestant community doesn't really take part. In Northern Ireland, up the north, the Protestant community don't get involved okay. in Gaelic games. Their politicians think that the Gaelic football and hurling is too nationalistic. Because before every game, the Irish flag has to be flown and the Irish national anthem has to be sung so Protestants in Belfast wouldn't go to the games. It'd be tough for a, a unionist to go to the stadium and have a good time, I yeah. suppose. And also, until 2007, was it, Pascal? 2007, yeah. The, what were called foreign sports, like any game basically that originated in England, was not allowed to be played in Croke Park hmm. in Croke Dublin. Par- and that's the big park in Dublin. Yeah. Now, I was there one Sunday and everybody was heading down. I just went to the stadium. And I had the greatest experience. I just bought a ticket. I went in and bought the right color of a scarf and waved the flag. And what an experience for a tourist. Uh, there's so much enthusiasm. Pascal, what is your team? What, what My team? team's Monaghan. Monaghan. And, and Stephen, what's yours? My team is Donegal, pride of all. <laughs> and does that stay with you all your life then? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in the next life. <laughs> and uh, whose team is better? Oh, Monaghan. Oh, no, hold on. <laughs> Monaghan, easily No, Monaghan. no, no, no. Donegal have won the All-Ireland Gaelic football final twice. Yeah? 
Monaghan have one of how many times, Pascal? <laughs> you see, this is this is this is his cherry he always pulls out to try and wave at me. We we haven't actually won it yet, Rick. Monaghan's so never won ne- it. Never won it, no, unfortunately. So, but you wouldn't admit that uh, Stephen's team is better. Oh no, no, no. Stephen's team won it last in uh, 2012. And uh-huh. believe me, I had to work with Stephen for the full summer, so I got all about Donegal, Donegal. I bet you get tired of hearing about oh, that. But the very next year, the next summer, 2013, Monaghan did very well and got to the Ulster final, which is a big deal. You've got to get to your province before you can go ah. on to the All-Ireland. But who did we meet? Only what was supposed to be the next greatest dynasty of football, Donegal. Everybody said they were going to win the All-Ireland hands down. Stephen, for two weeks solid, was ringing me every day, texting me saying, there's no point turning up. Don't even go to <laughs> Don't the even game. Bother. Don't even bother. You know, <laughs> in 2013, the game we were supposed to lose, what did Monaghan do? They stopped the mighty Donegal and beat them. You oh. did? Yeah, and for some reason, Stephen was uncontactable <laughs> for about a month. <laughs> so you may not have won the champion, but you were the giant killer. Oh, yes, that was exactly it. I think they, par- they partied so hard after winning that they, they then lost the semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't used to that sort of, a, that, that quite that thrill. Stephen, if you do win the All-Irish Championship, what happens? Well, you get the glory of winning the All-Ireland final and, and you'll be able to have bragging rights for the rest of your life. Um, there's no financial reward. You might get free drinks in the local pub forever. And I think the teams now get a free holiday, but there's no financial reward. Gaelic football stars will play in front of 80,000 people in Dublin and not receive a penny for it. Is that that sentiment, that, that commitment to the beauty of teams that are honestly loyal to their hometown or home region and that are honestly amateur instead of professional, is that whole idea still strong today? Very strong. Very strong. And, and sometimes it really surprises me because you see these lads out training three or four nights a week and they have to have a strict diet and they have yeah. sports psychologists talking to them and they're never going to get a penny. If they go to England and play soccer, they'll get 50000 yeah. a week. Isn't there a pub, uh, there's a guy named Paddy O'Shea in uh, Dingle Peninsula. Paddy O'Shea, Paddy yeah. O'Shea, that's Wasn't right. Wasn't he like a big, big he shot? He was a superstar, seven, all, seven times winner. Or so maybe. so 20 years later, Ireland. 20 years later, he's running a pub talking sports, is that? Yeah. Well, that's it, that's it. But it's such a unique sport as, and you start off at, like as a young six-year-old playing football for your club mm-hmm. and you move up the ranks of your club mm. and then if you're good enough for your club you get picked for your county mm. and to get picked for your county is a massive achievement in itself mm-hmm. but then to have major success with your county well, that's massive that's really massive that's it, that's massive it. is the word hey Stephen there's a song for almost anything in Ireland and I know you like traditional folk music uh, I would imagine there's some kind of a song that uh, actually you would hear singing in the pubs relating to Irish or Gaelic sports well I was at the final about ten years ago and they had these singers performing in halftime called the Fury Brothers and they played an old ballad and the chorus of it went like this and I, I always like to hum this when I'm on my way to games. It, these are the Gaelic sports so people who are interested in these sports are known as Gaels, G-A-E-L-S. Mm-hmm. It's the spirit of the Gael that's in our games. It's the spirit of the Gael that's in our games. Be it north, south, east or west, Gaelic games are far the best. It's the spirit of the Gael that's in our games. That says a lot, really. It's the spirit of the whole nation that shows itself in the games. Absolutely. Stephen McPhillamy, Pascal Fitzpatrick, thanks for giving us a better understanding of Ireland's national sports. Thanks very much, Rick. Each year, Rick Steve's tour guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.